Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues podcast. We've got creaking chairs, we've got backup computers, but uh, all three of us are here. Woody Womack joined by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? Did you guys see how hilarious the UMBC Twitter account was? I mean, it was tweeting, it's a school, but it was acting like a person, and it was just tough. Boy, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, it's, you know, some people get celebrated for Twitter beefs and some people uh, get in trouble. So <laughs> I would I would put the UMBC in the celebrated side uh, despite uh, some some attacks, right, at Seth Davis and company? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand what was so like enamoring about it. Like, isn't every school, like like every athlete, like if you ever follow the Vegas Golden Knights account, that thing is like the lamest thing in the world. Uh, but this thing is like the same exact tone and yet this is like the greatest thing ever. All right. And speaking of uh, lamest things in the world, Nick Kruger. <laughs> Nick, how's it going? Well, have you guys ever seen the Wendy's Twitter account? Oh, it's funny because it knows things about other things. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. It's hilarious. <laughs> it knows well, about that, UMBC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only UM. good Twitter account is Tony the Tiger. And it's not even – they're not even good. It's the responses to Tony the Tiger that's good. Well, that's, uh, bull- it, that's it, bullying. It, it, here we go. Wendy Wendy's retweeted uh, a meme of the Krusty Krab being Wendy's and McDonald's being the Chum Bucket. Uh, yeah, so it's funny because that's a popular meme with the youths. Well, we were talking about when you were when you were going through your uh, technical issues over there, Nick. Uh, Texas Roadhouse and Outback Steakhouse were in a were in a tete a tete via that meme as well so uh, this is the worst I mean, this is the worst time to be alive it's i mean just <laughs> my lord well let me tell you something i mean what how far how far down the mountain have we slid if we're out back steakhouse that used to be that used to be a night out you know I, that used to be an event now to be <laughs> now to be on the same level as tech well that uh, well, middle, Rob, middle, okay. middle class america <laughs> yeah if you're say mr kansas all right let's let's not get let's not get over over our heels here okay people used to go when 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 i was coming up you know olive garden was a was a prom type restaurant okay so let's not act like uh we were always going to to prime 21 or whatever you go to down there in miami uh, rob's going to seasons 52 for lunch it's prime it's prime 112 yeah, prime twenty, prime twenty one. Twenty one is a football camp. camp run by Deion Sanders. <laughs> she knows how much I know about these bougie restaurants. Uh, and guess what? Prime one twelve is overrated. Oh, shots yeah, really fired! Not that you're good. No, you're right. It's it's the thing that people who aren't from Miami go to to act like they know things in Miami. It's so. because celebrities post their selfies on Instagram of Prime one twelve. That's why people see it. Mm-hmm. It gets the celebrity heat. All right, you can tell we're we're all grumpy tonight. It's ten o'clock at night. We're recording late due to uh, several scheduling conflicts. Nick is in between his two camps in Texas. I just got home from Texas. Uh, Rob is going to Texas. A lot of Texas centric stuff. So we want to remind everyone to please uh, share the show with a friend. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Tweet at us. Tell us what you want to talk about. We are in the doldrums here, as you can tell by our conversations, but. Uh, People are still listening to the show, still t- still uh, getting uh, tremendous ratings, uh, impressive ratings. So keep them coming, and uh, we will continue to try to deliver you with some uh, quality content during this uh, sleepy time of year. So we'll jump right into what's going to be a, a hopefully a rapid fire show this week. As I mentioned, we were in Houston this past weekend. Uh, Nick and I were there. You know, Nick was a, 
are obviously getting pulled in all types of different directions. But Nick, one of the things we talked to several recruits about was Arkansas, all of a sudden now a, a hot team in Texas based on, uh, you know, the staff's ties to the state there, obviously, uh, Chad Morris, the new head coach there in Fayetteville. So uh, I'll go first. I mean, I talked to several kids and what, what I found interesting talking to, to Grant Gunnell or you always call him Gunnell. So is it Gunnell? Uh, yeah, I I think it's Gunnell. Uh, Gunnell sounds like a bit. Doesn't sound better. It's, it's like Mike Farrell. Sounds uh, sounds better. Well, we'll ask him. I should ask him how to say it. But uh, have you asked him before? No. Okay. Well, so how do you think you know? And they they, they, they won't correct you. Do you remember how long we were all calling Kalen Balage, Kalen Ballage? And I called him. I called him Ballage to his face when he was a junior, like eight times, and he never corrected me. I had to find out from yeah. dad. Well, Nick and I famously interviewed Jared Garantano, and I was like, is it Jarrett or Jared? And he was like, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. So it's neither. I don't, it is a New Jersey accent. So, uh, so you know, sometimes they just let it ride, you know? Um, but it, much like when people call you Chris in Florida, Rob. <laughs> is it Chris? It's Chris. Yeah, it was nice. To, and it, 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 the familiarity at which he did this with it was Jerez Parks, who ended up going to Alabama. He was. It wasn't like a shot in the dark. It was like he knew my name was Chris. It was like we were old best friends. He's like, man, Chris, nice to see you. <laughs> well, people often call my dog Grizz Chris as well. So uh, you guys have that in common. But uh, anyway, God, we got <laughs> among other things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We got so far off track. Uh, anyway, our boy Grant was uh, telling me that he he actually hearkened back, you know, uh, to uh, the to the Bobby Petrino days. He said, "Look, you know, when they were in their heyday with Bobby Petrino winning games, they were getting guys out of Texas." And you know, I kind of asked him, "Okay, well, you know, obviously they're going to recruit Texas there at Arkansas, but do you think they can beat Texas and Texas A and M for guys?" And he said he thought. Yes. Now that may be because he likes Arkansas. Obviously, he see both of his parents went there. But Nick, what has been the reception, not just among the SMU guys that you've talked to, you know, the the three star level guys? I know you, you know, close to the SMU program. But uh, what what kind of vibe are you getting from from some of the higher ranked guys on there? Will they really consider Arkansas over in state options there in Texas? I think they will, but I mean, this is uh, this is a little bit of a prove it year for Arkansas. I think I think comparing a program like Texas A and M that comes in with uh, an esta- more established brand, I think over the past couple of years, obviously, and then and then adding a head coach like Jimbo Fisher, they get a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt between some of those higher ranked guys. Um, you know, Chad Morris is a is a guy that's done really well <clears throat> with recruits, and his staff has done really well with recruits, and. Uh, you know, I expect them to to probably land a couple guys that are, you know, a- every year. I mean, every region ha- we have guys that are, you know, sort of maybe like those four star guys that are maybe like the last guys in of the four star group. Uh, so maybe you know, maybe those are the types of guys that they they get in that first year uh, because because it is an SEC program and that is something that resonates with a lot of the guys. So um, you know, so I think I think they'll they'll be able to pull a few out of the state. Uh, this year, but you know what's really going to come down to, and I think I think kind of the recurring theme that I heard from, uh, especially some of the offensive guys, is if they're able to replicate the identity on offense that they had at SMU uh, on an you know on a level that works within the SEC. So if they can if they can kind of come out and, and change the offensive culture in year one there, uh, from what from what we've seen from Arkansas, uh, I guess over the last maybe year and a half or so, 
uh, and you know that that that'll change some opinions for uh, some of these higher higher ranked guys. That you know, I mean, Texas and Texas A and M can't can't get them all in their classes, so uh, that that leaves some scraps available for you know in Oklahoma and Arkansas, Oklahoma State. So if they, you know, there, there's definitely going to be room for them to kind of squeeze themselves in there if they're successful this season. Let me ask you this, Nick, because you're more familiar than I am. For Arkansas in 2018, what is considered a good recruiting class for them? They were last in the SEC last year. The year before, they were ninth in the SEC. The year before that, they were 11th in the SEC. What, what is in year one for this guy? What, what, what is good? Uh, give me a ballpark of you know what would be impressive for Arkansas. I think uh, top, top half, right? Well, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, I, I think, uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at, I'm looking at how they ended up in 2018 here. Just, <laughs> Not great, just Bob. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but you know, you know how it goes. I mean, he, but, but Chad Morris was like the last, he was the last, one of the last head coaching hires of all the, the head coaches that changed location. I think someone may have came in just a little bit later than yeah, him, but I mean, those later. are the last two. But so so he didn't quite have the the time available, and he pulled the number of guys that he had committed to SMU uh, into that class. So so I don't think you know I don't think the way that they finished this last uh, recruiting class is necessarily indicative of what's going to end up happening in uh, you know in this in this next class. But they can finish seventh um, in the SEC. We think that in front of uh, Tennessee or A and M or something like that. Uh, well, they're not going to finish in front of A and M. They could they they could finish in front of Tennessee because Tennessee is working hard on a lot of Texas guys right now too. So, um, you know, if they end up going head to head on a number of guys and Arkansas wins that recruiting battle, then you know that as far as far as those two teams are concerned, then Arkansas could come out in front of them. I mean, you know, there's a lot of there's old. It's going to be tough. I mean, Ole Miss is, is still actively recruiting uh, Texas very hard. Uh, you know, you have. You know Vanderbilt dabbling. Florida's making a, a couple of moves now that it, it sucks to. I mean, you, I go do these radio shows. You know, I mean, they ask me about a class, and you'd be like, "Yeah, it's it's twenty sixth nationally," and then you look, and it's like tenth in the SEC. I mean, th- there's real, there's really no margin for error. And I think the problem they're going to have is, I, I don't know if they're going to be that good this year. I mean, you know what what is what is a good season six and six considering because. You're taking. They're coming in trying to run a new offense, as you mentioned, with personnel that's obviously meant for for a whole different type of scheme. So, you know, I think they're in a tough spot. Oh, yeah, I, think gonna, gonna say, I think it's a tough sell, and I think it always is. They're kind of in no man's land here, where they're they're in the SEC, but they have to recruit Texas, but everybody's recruiting Texas, and now that TCU is you know a Power Five program, and Texas A and M is in the SEC, and you know Texas Tech, you've got down there now mining guys too. I, it's they're in a bad spot. I, it, it's going to be tough for them. I'm not saying it's impossible. I mean, you know, they could be great under chat. I, I have no idea. I just think they're in, I just think they're kind of in a recruiting no man's land. I, I wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be out of the question. I, I know their ties are to Texas and that's what we're kind of talking about. But, you know, as I, I pull up a map here, you know, St. Louis, in my opinion, there's always a city that has a, a sneaky amount of talent in it. And if you if you're talking about you know looking at a map and how, how long it takes to get there, it, would it be would it be out of the question for them to try to reach up there and get some of those guys? I mean, it's five hours away uh, when you compare it to it's a five and a half hour drive. You compare it to Dallas, it's uh, 
you know, about the same distance, five hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, it's I not mean, like Missouri has a stranglehold on that city. They've had trouble historically recruiting St. Louis. Missouri fans are always complaining about that. So it's, it's not like there's a pipeline to the in-state school. It's, it's a pretty wide open town, I think. Yeah. So anyway, that's something we're following. Kansas City also not, I wouldn't say super far. I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, you think you know geography until you start looking at a map. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fayetteville's really tucked up there in the in the top, you know, the top western corner of the state. Because I was going to say, you know, Memphis would be another spot that they might be able to try and uh, scooch into a little bit there. But I mean, that's that's not necessarily right down the road either. For yeah, yeah, five hours away. Uh, right. but- but you know, Kansas City only about three and a half hours. Not as uh, Rob, you 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 know that part of the country. Not as much talent in Kansas City as there is in St. Louis, right? No, but it goes in streaks. I mean, Kansas City. It's actually a pretty darn good year in that area this year. Um, this would be a good year to recruit there. I think Kansas City's way up, but most times I think St. Louis is. You know, St. Louis has got more private schools. I think it's a little bit more. Uh, refined when it comes to coaching right now. I mean, Kansas City's got some hotbeds, but St. Louis has more of them. All right, so we're watching. We're watching Arkansas. Anytime you hear a school mentioned by so many kids like we have in in Texas and in Tennessee and in other places, uh, it gives us something to watch. So we're going to be paying close attention there. Uh, another thing that boy, a lot of people are paying attention to this week. Uh, Mike Farrell and I, uh, speaking of uh, the Godfather himself, had an article on graduate transfers. We ran down ten of the guys who had committed uh, to schools that that we thought might be able to have an impact this fall. But as I was doing the research for it. Uh, uh, I, I started looking at some of the stuff I wrote last year and would you really break down and look at these grad transfers in terms of like impact? They really, they aren't what we expect. I mean, I guess you look at like Russell Wilson and say, okay, look what he did at Wisconsin. He was amazing. I think he took him to the Rose bowl in his one year when they kind of ran him out of town out of NC state, but then continue to claim him like he's theirs every time he does something in the NFL. That's a whole nother issue. But, uh, most of these guys are leaving places because they're not playing. Uh, and then they get to a new place and it's like, okay, well, this guy was a four-star receiver. You know, speaking of uh, Missouri, our boy Alex Ophodile, or however you say it, from he went to Oregon. He's there for three years and he had four catches. So <laughs> how, how much do you, just as an observer, we'll start with you, Rob. Do you pay attention to these at all and – do you think they're overrated or, or underrated in terms of in terms of you know the impact? Because personally, I'm starting to think the more I do these, the more I think they're overrated. Um, I'm gonna have to talk through the the siren here. I was gonna go on mute, but then <laughs> then you threw it to me. Uh, you know, I think probably you're right to a certain extent. I I think they draw attention though, and it, you know, I think there's probably for everyone we name that's a bust. I'm sure there are some that have panned out that we're just completely forgetting. Uh, just because it's hard to kind of keep up with them, I think. And I don't think I really did a really good job of paying close attention to them until the last, you know, two, three years. Uh, everybody, of course, focuses on the quarterbacks. And that that rarely works, you know, because it's so hard to go into a system for one year, learn it, uh, adapt to a new coach, adapt to a new set of teammates and set the world on fire. You've got to be incredibly talented. And I think that's maybe why it gets a bad rep of being worthless. Uh, is because people hone in on the quarterbacks. And it seems like every time one of these big-name quarterbacks transfers out as a grad transfer, it never really takes the way that the fan base of the school getting the quarterback would like it to take. Yeah, some of the guys who've panned out, you know, Nathan Peterman, he wasn't a grad transfer, though. I believe he was an, an undergrad transfer. Uh, some One of the guys I look at this year, Brady White, who went from Arizona State to Memphis, 
Uh, he's got, I think he, he might have two, he has at least two years of eligibility left, I believe. So guys like that, I think it works better. The problem I think is like you said, you know, KJ Carter Samuels, okay. Guy we had ranked high, never played at Washington. Well, now he's going into UCLA to compete. Is Chip Kelly going to play him or is he going to go with one of the young guys that, that, you know, he signed this year or that that's already there on the roster. So, you know, some of the, the guys I really like and the guys I think have the biggest impact are these guys that transfer up from the FCS level. You know, we, we saw Vernon Adams do it at Oregon that one year after Mariota. Um, <laughs> he was a I blast think, to watch, wasn't he? Uh, he was a lot of fun. I, I loved watching him. He was he was great for uh, for college football. But you look at you look at some of these players like, OK, Vanderbilt got a transfer from Penn. You know, some some guys like that. Those are the guys I think you watch for because they're they're trying to get to the NFL and they've proven to be some of them even like all Americans at the now I, I think the year after Oregon did it again and it didn't work with another quarterback who came from like one of the Dakotas or something like that. Um, but you know, a guy coming from Sacramento State or VMI or something like that transfers up. I don't know that that. Uh, that's exciting to me for some reason. I just think it's, I think a lot of times those guys, uh, this is, uh, I actually just, just found myself reading something that I, that I thought was off, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. So we're watching it, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of times it's, it's some of these, these former recruits that are kind of chasing the glory that they thought they would get and it doesn't work out and they want another shot at a big time program. Uh, the reason why I, I, I sort of stammering around there, I was under the impression that that Alabama had picked up a grad transfer oh, quarterback, yeah, he right? Oh, and went to Washington State. He like last second pulled the old switcheroo on him. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's what I just saw. I just saw that. That must have just happened it tonight, happened like, right? It happened like an say? hour ago. Okay, so Gardner Minshew, who was you know an average backup quarterback essentially at, at East Carolina, played some, started some. Now he was supposed to go to Alabama. He'd already committed to Alabama, and now he's going to go to Washington State instead, according to a uh, friend of the show, Bruce Feldman. Surprised he didn't throw a star ranking in there, um, zero star or something like that. He might um, get to play at Washington State, although you know our boy right, Tua exactly. now, you know, with the hurt hand, who knows? Well, that's what I wanted to talk about uh, right before the show as well. Tua uh, Tagovailoa, he he's out with a hand injury, it appears. We don't have any type of uh, diagnosis on that or anything yet. But uh, they're really thin at quarterback all of a sudden now. We assume that Tua would win the job in the spring. Jalen Hurts would be transferring. And now Tua looks like he's going to be out for some time, was the quote I think I saw from Nick Saban. They were trying to bring this guy in for depth. He he gone. Could they now be in the market for another one of these guys, or will it be a boy Mac Jones one one snap away from potentially being? The <laughs> I, guy? I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones as much as I love Mac. Here's the thing: no matter what, ha- it's the same situation with Jake Fromm that we talk about on the show all the time. No matter what happens, Tua can miss the entire spring. He can miss fall camp. If he's healthy for game one, you have to play him, or else you risk disaster. If you don't play him after what he did in the national championship game and then they get upset, I mean, I guess, I mean, nothing can happen to Nick Saban, but, you know, there are going to be some angry Alabama fans. Um, I think, you know, he's got that job on lock as much as a player that's played half of one game can have a job on lock, I suppose. Uh, it'd be mighty interesting to see how much time he misses, though, because, you know, he, you know, after all, he has played half of one game. People forget that. Uh, to throw him in as the regular season starter after missing an entire spring, if that's what happens, uh, or maybe even some fall camp. I mean, we're speculating. 
uh, it would be mighty interesting to see what happens there. Right. I, I think it's interesting. Speaking of grad transfers, I believe didn't didn't our boy Jacob Coker win a national championship at Alabama after being a grad transfer from Florida State? He was a, was he a grad transfer or was he a was he a senior? A red shirt. I don't know. Let me. I'll look that up. Um, because I, I do remember. I do remember that happening. And that just shows what what they can do. Uh, what they can do at Alabama. You know, given uh, limited. Uh, you know, some type of limited time or limited quarterback play. Obviously, we, we've gotten used to Jalen Hurts and then, of course, Tua. But, uh, yeah, I don't that, – that it's very, very interesting. Um, Which one of you guys sent sent the picture of Mac in the Bortles jersey? I did. I sent that to you. Yes. Did you like that one? Give him a, give him a shot. <laughs> Mac Jones was on vacation. I saw a photo and he was wearing a Blake Bortles jersey. And it was he's really from Jacksonville. Uh, he's good. You know, he's he's probably as happy as Krug. I know dad is a dad is a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Alabama Alabama plays Arkansas on October 6th. If Arkansas wins that game, how many four-star commitments do they get? <laughs> they get oh, they, they, Nick Saban. They get Nick Saban. The game is for Nick Saban. Yeah. They get a lot in that, and if that's the case, uh, all right. So that's it. We, we're a slow week this week. We'll try to find some more stuff to talk about next week. Time to move on. Time to move on to tweet of the week. You better hope that mediocre money that you make at rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. Uh, wait, do we have a tweet of the week? <laughs> no, because it's all that stupid meme with the chum bucket and the. The it's, other one. Okay, the, 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 the meme is I don't have problems with memes. I'm not, you know, I'm not shaking my fist at a cloud, but this one is too simple. Here's a good thing, here's a bad thing. It's not a meme and it's lazy and it's not uh, I miss crying Jordan. Well, I if I I really <laughs> I really wanted to take a meme that you know what we should do? We'll take the crying Jordan meme and we'll put that on the the crusty crab sign and we'll take the meme of those two restaurants and put it on the chum bucket oh, man. that's a meta meme i like that one yeah right and we'll post it to exhibits account <laughs> i know you like memes yeah, so we put a meme just, on your meme so you can meme while you meme <laughs> right <laughs> oh geez once again i can't read the tweet i want to read for tweet of the week because it uh is is very funny and somewhat offensive so uh, that's our tweet of the week is you two complaining about the tweets nick has taken it really personally nick i feel like you're real angry about this meme i hate it i'm with you flat out <laughs> i'm done with it let it be Next. known <laughs> yeah right well there's all types of stuff going on on twitter tonight zay jones arrested after meltdown in los angeles uh, Trump draws heat for congratulating Putin on the can Russian get, election can we get outcome. A better explanation of why he's arrested. You don't get arrested for having a meltdown. You do something. Um, no, nah, there's a video. There's a video of it. It did not. He looked like he wasn't wearing any clothes. Oh, yeah, well, then say um, that. <laughs> well, this is just a little description on trending topics. Um, so, so anyway, boy, that 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 wraps up tweet of the week. Uh, so we're rolling quickly. Uh, I might be able to get another episode of Planet Earth in at the at the rate we're going here. Um, rants and recommendations. Okay, we got we got all types of things to talk about. I do personally. Uh, as, as per Rob's recommendation, I watched uh, Shape of Water last week. I had not seen. And, it. Uh, I recommended it sight unseen just because it won. Sure. I got. I got news for you. More like Color of Water, Brown, because that movie is uh, 
<laughs> All right. So explain this to me. Explain this to me. Because I know the only thing I know about it is that it's about somebody that has at the fish. Okay, it's is not the, a it's not fish a fish. It's, no, isn't it the bl- the creature from the Black Lagoon prequel? Isn't that what that is? To the sea no, monster? No. Uh, it's just some guy. Yeah, he's from the Amazon. He's got abs. I don't know if I don't know how hot he is, but uh, she she gets she's into him. It's pretty a ripped early. sea monster. I mean, he, she has to the ripped sea monster. This one best picture. Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically it's a like story, Rob. It's basically like, personally, I don't think it's any better than an episode of Stranger Things, like in terms of production quality, anything of that nature. I I mean, it was fine, but for that to win Best Picture, get out of here. Forget it. That was terrible. So I have now seen uh, several. I've now seen Get Out, Shape of Water, Lady Bird. Dunkirk. So, uh, what was the other one? Call me by your name. That's what I got to watch. I saw Call Me by Your Name. I thought it was very good, uh, and I enjoyed Get Out. I enjoyed the two I saw. I skipped all the ones you hated. You didn't. You didn't like Get Out, Woody? No, I liked Get Out. Oh, oh, okay. That's the only one I did like. That's why I should have won all the awards instead of Shape of Water being. You know, I saw a commercial earlier. You're not going to like Call Me by Your Name. You know, your your right wing tendencies will 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 rebel against Call Me by Your Name. It's it's liberal propaganda. You you will call it that. Yes. Believe me, Shape of Water also had some, uh, there was also some liberal propaganda in there as well. So um, maybe you would like it, Rob. You and your socialist friends. Everybody. You know, as much as I do enjoy fish. (laughs) What was the one that was up for, what was the one that was up where the guy had the phone a couple years ago? Her. Huh. I never saw that either, but I can tell you Scarlett Johansson's disembodied voice is hotter than yeah, the, I was gonna uh, say what is it what, yeah, what is more though, attractive the sea monster or the phone yeah i mean i think the phone personally but the, the sea monster did have abs so as i said he had like a 12 pack at least <laughs> maybe more you've sold so, me i'll be watching this um, yeah, he, yeah you know, plus he plus he could like bring people back to life including himself which you would have hated nick uh, by the way <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> The fish gets shot right in the heart, and it's like, no, I'm going to bring myself back to life now. Yeah, that is annoying. Well, yeah, you know, that so. he who's never had a crush on a ripped magic fish cast the first stone. Right, exactly. You know, maybe maybe him and Ariel should have hooked up instead of her wanting to go outside of the species and date a guy, you know? Um so anyway, next up, let's get to some real complaints because I got some hot ones today. Oh starting with sub sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. If you go to a sub sandwich shop that's not Quiznos, do you expect the thing that the sandwich to be warmed up? Yes no, or they no? should ask you first. Right. All subs are meant to be served cold, especially if you're talking in the case of the sub I ordered at the Houston airport, turkey, cheese, yellow mustard, any sub with yellow mustard should never be heated up. Uh, tomatoes, spinach. Oh, they heated lettuce. up the tomatoes? Or they put on the tomatoes? Yes. Without even asking me. I get the sub back. It's warm. I was so mad. Of course, there's like 20 people in line now. And I was like... Uh, I, I, you know, I was like, I didn't order this hot, and they were like, "Oh, okay, we'll get in the back of the line, and we'll we'll get to you in a, in a minute." I just threw the sub in the trash right in front of her, uh, and walked off. Subs, uh, of course you did. It, it, you couldn't what, handle this like a normal, a normal person and just get in the back of the line. No, I threw in. I didn't eat dinner. Guess what? 
I didn't have dinner on Sunday night because of it. And guess what? The only meal I had that day, rant number two. Nick and I, after the camp, uh, was in a remote location. Let me get to this in a second. So after you spiked okay. the, the sandwich <clears throat> in the trash, all the, all the other food places in Houston closed and prohibited you from eating a meal? No, I, well, I just spent my money. I spent $11 on a sandwich I threw in the trash. So what am I supposed Why to do? Why didn't you do like the, um, you know, like the people on on YouTube that throw the drink back in the drive-through window? Well, I've thrown it in the. If you if you threw if I made you a sandwich and you threw it right in the trash in front of me, that doesn't that make well, a difference. I, didn't, you know, I wasn't trying to get. I wasn't trying to get that aggressive. I was more than angry. I was more disappointed. I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about killing killing your momentum in terms of like you know I wasn't going to eat the sandwich right then. That's what really made me mad. Is I bought the say you know Nick, you and I eat a late lunch as we'll discuss shortly. I bought the sandwich when I got to the airport. I was going to put it in my bag. I was going to do all my work, and then midway through the flight, bust out my sandwich and eat it. But no, instead they just. Well, I could do a rant on people that bring hot food onto a onto an airplane yeah. and eat it, make well, everybody else. It wasn't going to be hot. You think I want to smell your hot hot yellow mustard? No, from the seat in front of me. Exactly. No. Well, nobody was in front of me, so I would have been a win on that one because I got the old thirty three A seat uh, in the back. But anyway, I'm just saying, sub places got to get on the same page. No, guess what? No place used to serve hot subs until Quiznos started bragging about it. And I haven't seen a Quiznos in years. Toasted bread hurts my mouth. I like, well, listen, guess what? When we go to Wawa and I get a Womack special, AKA pepperoni pizza sub. Okay. You put that in the, you put, you heat that up. But guess what? You know what they do at Wawa? They ask you, do you want it heated? And this particular sub place, uh, which I will not say the name of, <laughs> that's a hint, uh, they 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 really messed up this time, and I, I'm 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 I was really disappointed. I was really sad. So number two, Nick and I after the camp, go to would you call it like some type of hipsters paradise, right, Nick? What would you call this place? Describe this place to the listeners. So uh, I parked in a parking lot guarded by a huge iron fence uh, with barbed wire on the top of it, big swinging metal gate. Uh, but the fence itself had no wall to it, so I could just walk right through it. <laughs> that was that was the that was my lasting memory from that place. Right, but it was I, you know I, I know what you're going to rant about here, but the the bigger rant is the dude that we sat next to that was watching those motorcycle videos. I can't believe we never talked about <laughs> we never even got to talk about keeping it cool on here, did we? No, we didn't. We could talk about that. But, uh, we, we could talk about that, that next. Week. You better give me some. Okay, I was going to say that'll give you something to pull up the Yelp reviews and stuff. But anyway, it was basically like a big house, a farmhouse, some type of out, some type of shed type area, open seating. It was a brewery. We get up there, and you know they got they got a brunch menu still going on. And I say, you know what, I'm going to have a nice burger and fries, right? And I say, oh wow, burger comes with tomatoes, lettuce, pickles, and onions. And I say, oh well, what kind of? And Nick was Nick was here for every second of this. Sorry, Nick. So well, what kind of, what kind of <laughs> what kind of pickles do you have? Uh, are they dill? She goes, mm, well, we make them here. Uh, they're not dill. They got they got a bit of a zest to them. And I go, well, are they sweet? At which point she turns around and just walks off, goes back into the the bowels of the restaurant, and then another guy comes over, and and he goes, yeah, they're they're home, they're house made. We make them here. I was like, okay, so are they dill pickles or are they sweet pickles? 
No, they're n- they're not either. As we're so we're, I'm sitting here going around in circles, which he just kept reiterating that they made them there, right, Nick? Yeah, in house, in house, in house. Yeah, these are in house. And then the woman comes out, and she, you know, they bring me a taste test, uh, which you know, Nick and I both tasted. I would say they were average at best, so and, and guess they were. <laughs> you made them. Yes. You made them. Wait a minute! Yes. You made them bring you a pickle taste test. No, oh. she just no. She it was like it was like what he said. She just walked off mid conversation to go get the, the to go okay. get the pickle master. Right. So she comes back with the with the chef who started to who was a handler and started bothering Nick about players <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I got this kid. He's at least four stars. He, yeah, he was yeah. like he was like camp series. Oh, is that football? I got two kids <laughs> I work with at Katie High School. He goes right into it with Nick. Oh. So. So, so Nick's talking to him, and I'm still going. I'm going round and round with these two pick guys on pickle flavors. It's and she informs me. She goes, "Yeah, we make them in house. We actually make everything in house." And and as I said to Nick, "Oh, a restaurant that makes the food before they give it to you? Yeah, I know you make everything at the restaurant. Okay, so uh, cut to, you know, I I pass on the pickles. I get a burger, and Rob, you I know you can chime in on this one." What happens when people get too creative with seasoning on ground oh, beef? Yeah, that can always then. It tastes like meatloaf. Yeah. I, I can't believe you guys buried the lead here that the cook was a handler. That's the lead on the whole story. <laughs> that, was part of the, that was part of the story. We the, wanted to save the swerve, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a twist. No, Nick, Nick, the guy wanted both the guys invited to the next camp. But... <laughs> That's a Texas story. Get, the, the bottom line is three invites to the rival camp. Yeah, exactly. That was him. The the bottom line is, and I'm going to say this. I've said it before. There's a lot of pickle talk on this on this show. Cutting up some cucumbers and soaking them for three hours does not make a pickle. Are you familiar? Any type of pickled food is pickled. It's not soaked in some garlic. Okay. How to pickle cucumbers? What you you don't know what it's going to tell me to do? I know what it's going to tell you to do. Pack them tightly, bringing the brine to a boil, and then you leave them in there and you cut them up later. Okay, you don't just <laughs> you don't just slice up some things. Yeah, this is this is the problem. Quick pickled cucumbers, refrigerated pickles. This is exactly what I'm getting at all these restaurants. You're not making pickles. You're cutting up cucumbers. You're soaking them in vinegar and garlic. You're passing them off as pickles. They're not pickles. Nobody needs to reinvent the pickle for the thousandth time. I don't need designer pickles and I don't need designer ketchup. And if you want to have that, that's fine. Add it into addition. You put way too much spices in the meat. The, the hamburger patty tasted like meatloaf. It was disgusting. You don't, you don't need to do that either. If you have such good meat and you have such good food, you make it all in-house. Oh, we kill the pigs right in the back and, and chop them up right in front of you. That you don't need to over season the meat if the meat is good, right, Rob? You're a, you're a barbecue expert. I still can't believe the cook is a handler. <laughs> I, just, I just can't. I can't get past that part of the story. <laughs> picturing, it, I'm picturing the way he looks. I'm picturing him coming out. I hope he was wearing a Bluetooth. He's not. He's not anything like you would have thought. No, he would. He does not fit. He wasn't wearing a, a jumpsuit or anything like that. Cook was a handler. <laughs> There was no Bluetooth. Problem. He really, he really caught us off guard. Uh, he was the last guy we would have expected to to start start in with it. 
So anyway, I was going to do Hawk Talk, but I don't know if I sent Nick the video or Nick, you do you, you don't have you don't have time to mess with that this week, right? What's Hawk Talk? What is that? Oh, oh, the oh, and no, we got to get the okay. Hawk Talk next week, yeah, and we got to get to the restaurant, the pay optional, the pay optional burger <laughs> no, restaurant that Woody and I went to LA. <laughs> pay whatever you want, man. You can pay before or after. <laughs> ne- next week, uh, next, I don't know if we're going to have any more substance to talk about next week than we did this week so why don't we save hawk talk for yeah hawk talk is good i just wanted to we need to cut in some of the clips from my gopro video Uh, yeah okay yeah yeah let's do that next week you're in so uh that wraps it up pretty much for this week let me check real fast on the The, old long and short of the hawk talk is a hawk got caught in woody's patio and it turns out the hawk is a handler (laughs) three kids three kids (laughs) who needed to get into the atlanta rivals camp yeah, the hawk is one. I I got a big laugh by the way on Friday when I was showing the hawk video to some people, and they go, "What kind of bird is that?" I was like, "I don't know. It's either a hawk or a falcon." You know, I live in Atlanta, and I got a huge laugh from. Uh, oh, we got guess what? We got two reviews. Big news. Okay, let's go to the let's go to the tape. If we are now. If they're bad, I I was off the show for the past two weeks and didn't produce it. So we are now up to seventy. Oh, speaking of which, I am featured in a new documentary film. Nick, you have watched the documentary. Give better than Shape of Water or not? Wait, what documentary are you talking about? The sign documentary. The what? The one that you made? Who made that? Alicia made it. <laughs> I thought you meant like you were interviewed about a player or something on TV. No, that doesn't count. Well, guess what? It's getting rave reviews. There's already been talk of film festivals, Nick. So. Well, as I as I mentioned prior, uh, the co-star is the is the is the shining member of the cast, as far as I'm concerned. Not, yep. not necessarily the lead. <laughs> I'm the lead. Ryan Gogemeyer, friend of the show, my lifelong comedy partner, is uh, featured heavily in the video. Uh, was that your first? That was your first taste of Gogemeyer outside of hearing me no, talk. I've, see, I've I've seen that. I've seen those video. I've seen that video before. I don't know if it was in its final final documentary form as i saw it most recently but i'm familiar with that yeah you saw so some, what's the documentary uh, about we gotta, some... i mean this is this is making no sense to anybody listening okay uh, it's not that okay no, you it <laughs> sorry <laughs> you're gonna like it rob if you can if you're it, the documentary is me and, and ryan gogemeyer attempting you know, here you know you should do it in like a uh, movie trailer form to get the people excited in a world in a world where a city doesn't care no. about its mileage sign off the That's highway. That's right. What, what a hometown hero! A hometown hero returns to his old stomping grounds to clear a branch away from the sign and reveal the town's true fortune. This movie sucks. So, There's not even uh, any sex with fish. Okay, but the amount of times you've had it said sex in this video, this podcast, so we have to edit it because of it. I'm going to we've got the explicit tag next to this I don't episode. Think that's a curse. Word. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, well, I don't, it takes all kinds, you know. Uh, I don't know. So uh, we got two new reviews this week. Only one of them actually left a review. Both of them appear to be five stars. Uh, the title of this review is titled Garbage Grove, where Saginaw goes to vacation. So uh, clearly someone from Oregon uh, and in, in near my hometown making that reference here. And, uh, maybe M. Deuce. Is it you? I don't think so. D-E-T-282 is the username. So uh, try to do some detective work, M. Deuce. Maybe you could figure it out. Informative with a dry sense of humor, good recruiting info, and a general football knowledge. Best title in podcast history. So perhaps an Oregonian who listened to our Cristobal 
uh, interview, maybe giving us some. Giving well, that's us a some big love, shout huh? to Bill Trochi. This name is his well, brainchild, how- correct? Yeah, yeah, big shout, Bill. How, how bad is Saginaw if, if Cottage Grove is the vacation? I thought Saginaw was in Texas. Some, I thought it was there's there's one in Fort Worth, right? Like close uh, around there. There's uh, definitely Saginaw, Michigan, because we have Saginaw Pride. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. They have that song. No, must 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 have missed the documentary. Saginaw is. Uh, Basically, just an exit off of I five, a little bit north of Cottage Grove. I think there's a trailer park, and that's about it. Maybe a, a lumber mill. So, not a whole lot to see there in Saginaw. Could be potential customers there, so I don't want to alienate the residents of uh, Saginaw. But uh, right up the road, as my mom calls it, Saginaw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can we have your mom on the show? <laughs> you didn't know that. Let's bring her on. Let's just bring her on for an episode. Let's have a touching episode where you and her reconcile. Well, I, I can't believe Nick, Nick got such a laugh out of Saginaw. You've never heard that one, Nick? No. <laughs> wow. And the cook was a handler. you got to leave him laughing, Nick. You better not get out of the show. Saginaw. Uh, all right. Saginaw, we're signing off. Leave us a review. Big shout, M. Deuce. Find out who left that review. And. Uh, Watch my watch my doc because I'm going to be promoting. You said there were two reviews, right? Two. Oh, the second one was just someone who gave us five stars and didn't leave a no. didn't leave a All rating. Right, so, uh, so yes. So let's go quickly, quickly, quickly before we sign off. Let me go and tell you how many people have watched this doc oh, geez, in the last 24 hours. <laughs> well, I didn't even send it. I didn't even send it to you. No, that's uh, why I asked about it. Oh boy, Kurt, this is. I could hear the eye roll. I, no, Nick liked it. Uh, he said he was laughing at it. And the latest review from Kevin Nicola says, this is amazing. 513 views in the last 24 hours. Guess what? Only 9,000 people live in Cottage Grove. So you do the math on how many people watch that thing, okay? Yeah. Two thumbs way, way up. <laughs> says Cottage All Grove right. Examiner. <laughs> it's called the Cottage Grove Sentinel. I've been on the front page before. And you might guess what? I may be honored to get him at the way this thing's going through the roof. So that wraps it up. Cottage Grove High School, class of 2001. M. Deuce, play us out. <laughs>